Over the course of the past year and throughout the episodes that I've recorded, I have debunked a fair few myths and I hope that that's been helpful. But I've never done a specific episode where I have focused on debunking a group of them all in one go. And there are some in which I still hear too regularly for my liking. And today I want to go through those and debunk them once and for all. Maybe if this is a popular episode, we'll make it like a monthly feature and I'll go through, you know, some of the more common ones I hear. But I want to get started with these six today. So number one on my list is muscle weighs more than fat. And I can't believe that still we are living in a world where some people will think this. Let's just think about this logically for a second. A kilo of bricks or rocks, right? That seems quite heavy. A kilo of feathers, it doesn't really seem that heavy, but the key word here is kilo. So if they are both a kilo, it doesn't matter what the composition of those things are, they are still one kilogram, 1,000 grams. And the same goes for muscle and fat too. It doesn't matter what the composition of it, a kilo of fat and a kilo of muscle are the exact same thing in terms of weight. And it really, really blows my mind that we fought about this for so long and we thought, yeah, you know, muscle weighs more than fat. How can it possibly weigh more than fat? It just literally cannot. A kilo of something, it doesn't matter what it is, will always weigh a kilo. 10 kilos will always be 10 kilos. It doesn't matter what those 10 kilos are made up of. If it is the same measurement in terms of weight, doesn't matter what it is, it will always be the same amount of weight. So muscle does not weigh more than fat. Number two, healthy eating equals having your desired body composition or being in shape. Healthy eating is such a varied term. Someone's version of healthy eating is completely different to the next person's and the next person, the next person. You listening, your version of healthy eating is gonna be different to mine and mine is gonna be different to someone else's and the different fitness professional. It doesn't matter whether you are well-versed in health and fitness or you're not. We've all got a different idea of what this means. And with it being so nuanced and so variable, it's really hard to then say that this is going to automatically equal you being in the body shape and yeah, being in the shape that you want to be essentially. So the first thing here is that even if we do have the same term of what healthy eating looks like, even for myself today, it's hard to nail what that actually is. Does that mean someone who predominantly eats foods that are abundant in nutrients and considered healthy and maybe it's more superfoods than the other. If that is the case, and that's the traditionally the thing that we sit on, that doesn't bear in mind the amount of exercise they do. That doesn't bear in mind how many calories they consume on a day-to-day basis. So it's really impossible just to say that healthy eating is going to be allowing you to stay in shape. And this is quite often some of the problems that people come to me with in the initial stages. I eat so healthily, but I'm still not the body shape that I want to be. But we've got to bear in mind that the ratios of your macros matters, the amount that you exercise, the way you exercise, your sleep, your stress, all of these things matter and therefore healthy eating cannot just equal being in shape. Number three, another one I hear regularly, I just need to tone up. What is toning up, right? What is the actual definition of toning up? I don't know what it is. I should have Googled this before, but there's no such thing as toning up when it comes to what you think it is. Most people think that it just means by transforming the body fat potentially on their physique right now to it being a little bit more shapely and a little bit more defined. That is not a biological or mechanical function that can genuinely take place. What we're thinking when we're toning up, quote unquote, 
is that we want to reduce the amount of body fat we have and either reveal the muscle that we have existingly or we need to build some muscle if we don't like what we see when we pull back that body fat. So that is what you mean by toning. There is no such thing as toning up. It's reducing body fat and building or revealing muscle. And that is a much, much better way to come at your goals because then you know more so what you need to do because a lot of people will be like, I just need to tone up. I don't need to lose any more weight. But the reality is, is if you want to tone up, you probably do need to lose weight. You probably do need to drop some body fat. So it's really important to understand that so then you can go about it in the right way. Number four, I need to focus on losing fat in this area. I touched on this on the episode of the truth about stubborn fat loss. I think I went through this exactly. I actually said that, you know, it seems logical that if we have fat in a specific area, like our midsection, then more ab work makes sense. It just doesn't work like that. Unfortunately, that is just not the case. And most of the time, the problem isn't that you've got a area that's, you know, not toned enough, like we've just debunked or, you know, not tight enough or defined enough. The reality is, is you've just got too much body fat covering that area. Some of that is going to be genetic. You know, there's going to be certain areas in which some of us are going to hold more than others. And that is quite disappointing, but we've got to accept what we're working with when it comes to our body. So there is not a way of spot reducing body fat. I have seen some research to suggest that there could be a way of really like focusing on sending blood flow to that area and maybe creating a little bit more fat burn within that localized area but it's not really that pressing or it's not even really that groundbreaking, nor is it really going to make a difference if you've got a ton of body fat. That's going to be maybe if you're on like final stages, you're really like peeling off those final layers. Maybe you are close to that single digit body fat that we spoke about yesterday, but generally it's not going to work. Just focus on overall improvements of your body. You can build muscle in that area. You can work that area, but it's not going to be the key to success. So stop doing a ton of ab work thinking it's going to reduce the size of your midsection spending more time focusing on your diet and the remainder of the variables that are focused on a well-balanced weight loss journey is the key to success sleep stress hydration all those type of things along with your nutrition and your overall training as well number five sweating means the workout was effective it just doesn't. I can make you sweat as hard as you want to by sending you into a sauna and then making you do five minutes of burpees. That does not make that an effective workout. And I also can just make you sweat by doing a really effective workout and you might actually get to the end of it and not a sweat and you actually might think, oh, that wasn't that good. But then I could make you do five minutes or 10 minutes of burpees. You sweat and you might think automatically it was a much more effective workout because you added that little bit onto the end. Not the case. You know, there's nothing wrong with doing some high intensity work towards the end of the session, but that should not be what you categorize as a good session or an effective session. There will be people who do sweat during their workouts. Some people, I knew one a little while ago, he's still a good friend of mine. He would sweat like crazy. And I asked him once, once we got a little bit closer in terms of relationship, he was a client of mine. I was like, are you, do you sweat that much all the time? He was like, yeah, all the time. And so it wasn't an indication of him working hard. If you look at him, you're like, damn, this guy's working hard. But the reality is he was just someone who just sweat a lot. And that is the case. Some of us sweat more, some of us sweat less. A lot of it's going to be, you know, genetically determined. Also it's going to be the environment as well. You work out in a cold gym, how many layers are you wearing? Are you warming up? Because if you're not, then you might take a lot, a little longer to get your body temperature up. But the reality of it is, is it does not equal an effective workout. So We've got, to think, we've got to stop thinking that just by running around, getting yourself hot and sweaty means that we are having a more effective workout. Is it a good indicator that potentially you are working hard? If that is something that you're 
you know, potentially you're doing a, a cardio workout and maybe you sweat regularly. Yes, potentially if you sweat regularly during your sessions and you don't during a certain session, then maybe that is a sign that you didn't work quite as hard as long as, you know, the temperature is still the same and you warmed up at the same and everything along those lines. So it can be a good gauge, but it's similar like the calories you burn on your watch. It doesn't really mean that much, but if it drops down below what you've been burning in the past, then there's a good chance that you might have dropped your intensity. Number six, you put on muscle really quickly. Newsflash, most people don't have to be genetically gifted, like really genetically gifted to put on muscle quite quickly. And I hear this a lot from females, funnily enough. And the thing, the reality is, and what we've got to recognize here is anytime we do a certain level of training, maybe it's weight training, maybe it's spin. I know that's a big one that people say, oh, it just packs on muscles onto my legs. The reality is, is when we use a muscle group for a long period of time, blood flow gets sent to that area. And if it stays there for for a while, it can give the appearance of bigger legs. And let's say you're doing more workouts and you are sending more blood flow, you're sending more glycogen to that area as well that makes it give it the appearance of bigger and you've not lost that fat around your legs yet, they may seem more muscular. But the reality is, is that they're just not. And most of the time when we actually go through a process and I get a female or even a male to drop the weight that they wanted to at the start of their journey, they then realize, oh, actually my legs aren't that muscular. You know, they weren't that muscular. It was just that they were filled with glycogen, filled with blood. Maybe it got a little bit more pumped because I was working on them and my fat was still there. It's not often that I take someone through an entire journey. They get to the end of it and they're like, oh, my legs are too muscular and too bulky. It's very, very rare. Muscle is expensive for the body to keep on as well. So you've got to make sure that your protein is in a good place, your calories are generally in a good place, your sleep, your recovery, and all that type of stuff. And also that you're training effectively enough to promote muscle gain as well. So generally, you're not going to be gaining muscle quickly. So just be aware of that and just be aware that it probably is a combination of body fat and muscle and glycogen and blood flow to that area and just focus on, you know, doing some effective workouts. And then eventually, once you get to the body fat that you want to, if you still have legs that are really muscular, then props to you. You're one of the outliers, but then you can just reduce the amount of volume that you potentially do on your legs because if eventually it will go away. So that is my six most commonly heard fitness myths, hopefully now debunked. So I want you to share this podcast with as many people who need to hear it. And even if you don't share the podcast, just share this at the dinner table, you know, share this with people who just need to hear it when you're at these social occasions, potentially, and the conversation comes up and someone says, oh yeah, I just need to tone up or oh, I just need to lose fat from this area. Either direct them here if you can't be bothered with the conversation or educate them and, you know, they'll thank you in the long run. They might be a little bit resistant initially, but they'll thank you in the long run. So that's everything from me. If you enjoyed this episode, let me know because I'm keen to potentially do more in the future so we can start debunking more of these so that you guys have got the information that you need to have more success on your journey. Take care team and I'll speak with you tomorrow. And that was the Simply Fit Podcast. I hope you gained a huge amount of value from today's episode. I feel inspired to improve your health and well-being. Be sure to search for Simply Fit in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify or anywhere else you get your podcast from. And go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Also, if you like the episode, please don't forget to give it a five-star rating. I'd love to hear your feedback or any questions you have. So reach out to me on social media. You'll find me on Facebook and Instagram at Elliot Hassoun. Thank you so much for listening. And I look forward to talking with you all on the next one.